1: Great to be back with you, folks. What an opportunity we have to study God's Word. We're honored. We're beyond honored to have you folks coming out every day and listening to us and being part of this podcast. And we thank you for your prayers, your love. Uh, with me, as always, my co-host, my friend, Stephanie Wesco, And uh, Stephanie, uh, wow, Psalm 91. If there's one verse in Psalm 91 that just sticks to you right now, what is it? I think it'd be the last two verses, um, which talk about God's promises to those who set their love on the Lord Jesus Christ. And, um, they say, because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? Wow, I love that. I knew those verses where she was going. We talked through those when Debbie and I were counseling with her a long time ago. And uh, folks, I'll tell you, just have a life verse, have verses. You know, her her life verse is the whole Psalm 91, and, and mine is Psalm, it's funny, but my life verse is in Psalms. And Psalm 34, 6, this poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. You know, we still have Pastor Tony Miller with us, what, a, what an honor that is. And Pastor Miller, if there's a verse... That's your verse, your life verse. What it's is?
2: Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith.
1: Mm. They're in. Let me tell you something. That's good. And I think, folks, you all should have that verse, that your go-to verse. For years, mine was uh, uh, over in 1 uh, uh, John 5.13. But I got to tell you, somewhere I, as I got older, yeah. this poor man crying out to the Lord. It yeah. just that that became it. That's what it's all about. But I'm glad that Pastor Miller's... Uh, evangelical verse like that. We well, that's
2: had, a verse to remind me not to be ashamed of my God that has done so much for me.
1: Yeah, I'm glad about that. We all need that reminder. I, I don't need we? to
2: brag on him. I need to boast on him every chance I get.
1: And we need to share him, don't yeah. we? Yeah, We need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I was, I'm always glad that Uh, the church we go to does that, that they do things for the school, that they go out into the neighborhood, that they do flyers. I, I've been picking up tracks and putting them in mailboxes around here for about a month. I got one guy down at the bottom of the hill who chased after me and told me not to put it in his mailbox anymore, but he didn't tell me where he lived. He threw it at me. So I put it out there again. Finally, he came back and told me where he lived. So I'm skipping him, but everybody else gets one. So here we are. Yeah. I'm still sooner or later someone's got, but I, I, you know, if we're ashamed of the gospel of Christ, what what love do we have? What salvation do we have? You know, what you're saved with is what you're saved to. And I tell people that all the time. These people want to change up the gospel. They want to use some uh, theological system that some guy thought up. Listen, guys are, no matter how bright they are, I have a son, he has an IQ of 155. I got another one with an IQ of 150 or something like that. They're just men. Yeah, can they calculate things in their brain that... Uh, my oldest one graduated first in his class from Clemson University in the graduate school. Yeah. But you know what? We're infinite. I yeah. mean, we're we're finite. 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 God is infinite. Yeah. And uh we need to go to that uh that infinite one and and so here we are. We're on uh, you might be a knucklehead. You might be a knucklehead if and this is Pastor Miller helping us with it
2: this. It goes right along with what you just said. You might be a knucklehead if you think you can find satisfaction in life Apart from the infinite God.
1: And you know, he had mentioned that in a minute ago when we were praying for this. I didn't even put that together with what I said. It's yeah. funny how God does that. Yes. Uh but folks, let me tell you something. There's an emptiness inside every one of us that only God can fill.
2: A God shaped void that He's the only one that can fill it.
1: Yeah, you can look in the I know people uh who get saved. And you know, if you're saved and outside of the will of God, you're one of the most miserable people on God's mm-hmm. green earth. I'll tell you that right now. I've known them,
2: I've seen them. I was there. Yeah back when I was a teenager, I lived eight and a half years like that.
1: Just miserable. Just and you're wondering, why am I so miserable? Why do I hate everybody? Why am <laughs> I judging everybody? God bless you. Do you got a nose left? I mean, come on. <laughs> anyway, here we yeah. go. So food that's right with God. I, I said I was going to go ahead and, and handle this. So Stephanie Wesco, Stephanie Ruth Williams Wesco's coconut cream pie. not the fake non-sugar, uh, that weighs seven and a half pound type. I'm talking about the coconut cream pie that's right with God is very good. It's right with God. And uh, no, thank so, you. so I wanted to share that with you. I don't know if she's going to share the recipe. We're not. We might not do that anymore. You guys right now share this recipe, share that. Re-. We might make it food that's not right with God. We might go with a double negative oh, <laughs> and uh, go with the knucklehead and go with food that's bad. <laughs> And uh, hey, and and don't send missionaries to people's houses to eat. Take them out to eat, praise God. Some people are dirty. I just want to say that, you know? Well,
2: unless you cook like my wife, and my wife's cooking will match any restaurant cooking. (laughs) I'm sure it will.
1: And I think, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so we're on Psalm number 115. Now, this is a special time. We're doing this psalm, um, and Pastor's going to give a testimony how this goes with it. So we're really excited about these next couple podcasts. But this is our 355th podcast, and and uh, happy Thursday to you. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory, for thy mercy and for thy true sake. Wherefore should the heathen say, Where is now their God? But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of man's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. They that make them are like unto them. So is everyone that trusteth in them. So here is God drawing this picture of idols. and We remember, uh, as a matter of fact, Stephanie and I, I think we're talking, we were all talking last night about the golden lambs and worshiping and things going on like that. And here we are, Pastor. And we're seeing these idols, and God's clear on this. These idols have no attributes. (laughs) These idols can do nothing. And you were mentioning that you had uh, some good information you could share after those first eight verses.
2: Uh, Yes, uh, this really says that the idols that these people were making with their own hands are not the God that made the heavens and the earth or made us human beings. He's the creator. They had to create their gods. And if you talk about knuckleheads... Verse 8, it says, they that make them are like unto them, dumb idols. Yeah. Okay, that's what we talk about, dumb idols. That means they can't hear, they can't speak, they can't do anything. But we do that in America in a different way. Yeah. We don't have a lot of idols like we see in some of the foreign countries, but we still have our idols. And what is an idol? Idol is something that you put before God to get your satisfaction out of it, to worship and serve. And my life, my dad uh, dropped out of church right after I got saved at age 10 and a half. Because, and let me say this, my dad grew up in a church where they argued a lot. And anytime he thought there was an argument going on in a church, he wasn't going to be there. Mm. And that's why he dropped out. And I didn't grow in the Lord for eight and a half years our family, my three older brothers, had received Christ. So, what did they go to? They went to sports, and sports became the god of our, or the idol of our family. Hmm. That's what we worshipped. We served it. That's what it was all about. If you achieved in sports, then you were esteemed. If you didn't, you're on the lower part of the totem pole. And uh, so, as time had it, I, I'm achieving. You know, I had brothers that went off and played college ball. My backfield coach told me, said, Tony, you need to go play college ball. Okay? Uh, Had scholarship offers, had about a dozen of them for football, one for basketball. And let me say, God started dealing with me, and he pursued me through an injury. I couldn't fulfill the contract that I'd signed to play college ball. One week, my false God died, you know, and I was supposed to be the happiest guy at school. You know, they look up to athletes and there was a term we used for them. uh, And they would, people would think, but I would lay on my bed at night and look out into God's starry space and say, if this is happiness, why am I so empty? Yeah. And God worked for a year and a half on me. As he took that away, I tried this, I tried college jobs, girlfriend and I just tried a pile of things to find happiness, and I'd end up empty. And I had one more thing I was going to try, and it blew up. But when it blew up, God had been dealing with me because I started reading the Bible. Wow. And I, I remember the day, October 10th, 1967. I almost cut my arm off with a power chainsaw. God had it all set up. And I said, God, I'm going to go back to my hometown, and you show me what you want me to do. He had a pastor and evangelist at my house two weeks after I got there. <laughs> got in the word of God, got in this church. And it was like coming out of a desert into oasis. The word of God was refreshing my soul. Within 10 months, I was at school preparing for the ministry after Amen. That. Okay. But what I'm saying is I was shopping at Empty Mart trying to find oh. satisfaction out of a man-made sport instead of out of the infinite God of heaven. But immediately when I turned to God, I began to have satisfaction in my heart, happiness. I wanted to tell others about him. I wanted to brag on him. And the joy of the Lord became my strength. As Stephanie referenced that, just what God was giving me and doing in my life, I wanted to tell everybody I could about how good God was. Now, Not that my life has had no problems, but I'm just just saying idols. But you know, sometimes idols of heart, I've got to have comfort. If I can just live a peaceable life or no problems or comfort, some people, that's an idol. Some people, their children are idol. You know, in America... Many a parent is pouring all of their time and energy into their children, and they begin to worship them rather than develop them.
1: No, I know. Yep.
2: You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I had recently a woman told me, she said, our son has turned his back on us, betrayed us. And she's a godly woman, but she says, you know what I've had to deal with? God has showed me through this time that I've got to get rid of the idolatry in my heart of my children. hmm now, she's not turning from her child. She's not turning from wanting to love their, this child. But I'm just going to say, sometimes we get this steaming our husbands, our wives, our children, uh, people at church, anything like that. Our pastors can become an idol. Oh, yeah. No, we have seen that. That's for sure. Yeah. And so th- that that's what he's saying here. He's saying, you're dumb if you trust someone Cursed is a man that puts his trust in the Lord, but blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord. And that's what these next verse says. It says, O Israel, trust thou in the Lord, the Jehovah personal God. He's your help. He's your shield. He's the shepherd. And if the Lord is your shepherd, you'll not want. Yeah. I remember when our daughter was memorizing that verse, three years of age, our oldest one. And here's what she said. The Lord's my shepherd. I don't want. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. Did she get it right? No, she didn't quote it as we read it, but it, she got it right. Yeah. It. The Lord's my shepherd. And that's what I just want to say today. If you're trying to find happiness in a fiance, some person, some activity, something, you're not going to get it there. God has made our hearts with a God-shaped void that he can only fill and fulfill.
1: Yeah. Well, If you're looking to... Uh, Replace God with human beings. It's uh, it, it's not there, you know. It's yeah. not there. No mouths, no eyes, no do. ears, no noses, no hands, no S- feet.
2: Something you make, something you do, some activity yeah. in life. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, what are you going to do with that? And
1: I was, uh, um, I was a sports guy as well. I came up through baseball, won a state championship. You know, yeah. played football, walked down in college uh, a little bit after being in the army a little bit. I uh, got kicked off. It was no good. But uh, but I I I get <laughs> You think that's funny? <laughs> yeah. But uh, this I'm is th- th- this
2: is decades ago, Stephanie. <laughs> yeah. It's not funny. It was funny. I, I tell you, it hurt decades oh, ago. Oh, yes. But When but, you lose your god, it hurts. Yeah.
1: But but you know, I th- I think the most important thing here is is what you said, what idols are. It's not just sports. It's not it's subtle. Yeah. It can be real subtle. I know people that have made their wives their idols. Yeah, made their husbands their idols. I had a woman tell tell us uh, Stephanie, Debbie, the whole the whole crowd, the whole clan was off at a Christian camp. Uh, I think maybe it was a camp joy. I don't know. We went to a church, and uh, I think they're outside of Milwaukee. And while we were at the church, one of the ladies came up to me and she said, "My husband was an idol to me," yeah, and he died. And she said, uh, it was the worst, best thing that ever happened to me.
2: Yes, exactly. What God takes away, he'll give you something better.
1: Yeah, and she said, I realized, you know, I came to the end and realized that I was living my life more for my husband than I was my God. Mm. That's what she said to me. And I, I don't even remember what, what I preached on that particular day, but uh, we usually, Debbie and I and Stephanie and her kids, always do churches around the camp we go to. So we'll do meetings around that to try to recoup some plane money and things of that nature. But I want to go back to this idol thing. I think that, you know, I think that as people are listening to us, one of the biggest problems we have in PTSD is trust. And uh, so if you suffer from PTSD, once you get that person that you can trust, boy, it's hard. You know, it's hard to say. Not to make them an idol. Yeah. And, And so, folks, listen, this can be a real subtle thing. So how do we know something's an idol?
2: I mean, how do we know? Here's a question you can ask. The short form to that question is, happiness equals what for me? What is the one thing that I believe I must have in my life in order to stay happy? So, you know, happiness equals, it's like what Paul did, the opposite of that. He says, for to me to live is right. Christ. That was his happiness. Yeah. Okay. So for to me to live, what's life really all about to me or what is happiness? I've got three questions I ask people if I want to find out indirectly what their idol is in their heart. What do you think about the most in your free time during the course of a 24-hour period? Second question, what do you look forward to the most during the course of a week to anticipate joy and happiness out of? Number three is What's influencing your present decisions and future plans the most? And these three questions have to do with the mind, what it meditates upon, the will, what it decides, what causes it to decide to keep a treasure. And number three was, what am I looking to for emotional happiness? Mm. And those are indirect questions. And I've asked those questions of many people and they come up and say, well, this this was... This person was the number one answer. The second answer was God. The, th- the second question that I answered, well, the person, but God's second in that category too. But if you have two or three firsts that are not God, that's your idol. Yeah. And yeah. for me, what did I look forward to in high school? Football practice, football yeah. game. Yeah, me too. Okay. And you understand that. Yeah. Who was who my God? Football.
1: When you ran out of that, whatever it was, we'd run in the side of a fence under this little roof. We'd run out from under this roof for high school football. And I'm telling you, when you ran through those cheerleaders screaming and, and with their pom-poms and the bells and the and the band playing, I mean, to me, I was like, whoa. But can I tell you something, friends, when we get to heaven, when we come to the pre- – even on earth, when I come to the presence of God and I know I'm there, the other night right out here uh, – Right out here in, in the living room, I, I mean, and I know we can get there, but I mean, I was in the presence of God through yeah. my prayer and stuff. Amen. At the it, throne. I was at the throne. I was right there at the cross. I mean, I was at His feet, and I could feel it. And I, there's nothing like that, folks. And so it's it's very important that you look at you. What's important? You know, what's your idols? I I remember people used to. We planted a church up in New York, and people would leave to get home in time to watch Survivor. We had a couple families that
2: would get up and leave during the service
1: leave huh? during the service i guess they didn't trust the vcrs back then this was years <laughs> ago uh they would just get up and leave you know so if i wasn't done at seven they got up and left so one day i asked them i said hey you know there's two families i said what what happens at seven they said, Oh, we're gonna be home for survivor at eight oh. and i'm like survivor over god and what is Survivor? And they told me it's a show. And it, I turned it on, and I taped it on my VCR. Uh, Debbie was one of the few people on earth who knew how to use a VCR. And there was this fat gay guy who walked around naked and stuff. I'm like, I wanted, I wanted to get in the flesh and preach about watching fat naked guys. But I said, no. Uh, but he was the guy who won. He'd walk around naked. He was a gay guy. And he won that particular first thing. spot. But anyway, here's what I'm getting at, folks. And here's what I think Pastor just said. If there's something in your life that you're shutting down church for, if there's something in your life that's causing you prayer, life to go down, if there's something in your life that's coming before God, it's an idol. And by the way, if there's something in your life that's coming before your spouse and your family, you got problems too. So it's God first. And then you got to have things in perspective. That's one of the hardest things, you know, Pastor. I wanted to talk about that, and we're going to do that in this next podcast. We're going to do that. But listen, we sure do love you folks. And uh, listen, if we can do something to help you, make sure you go out on Help for Wounded Spirits and we'll, we'll make sure we get right back to you. Lord bless you. Have a good day.
0: Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner all have sinned and come short of the glory of god second there's a price on sin for the wages of sin is death third jesus paid that price for you but god commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners christ died for us lastly you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the lord jesus